the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, June the 29th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On June 29, 1613, London's original Globe Theater burned down, burned to the ground. It was, the fire was started, sparked by a cannon shot during a performance of Henry VIII. Globe Theater is famous primarily because Shakespeare, many of his plays were performed there. That was his theater. Many people referred to it as Shakespeare's theater. Today in 1520, Montezuma II, the ninth and last emperor of the Aztecs, died under unclear circumstances. Some say he was killed by his own subjects. Others say he was killed by the Spanish. Nobody knows for sure. A lot of mystery around the Aztec culture. Today in 1767, Britain approved the Townsend Revenue Act that imposed important duties on glass, paint, oil, lead, paper, and tea that was shipped to the American colonies. The colonists bitterly protested. That prompted Parliament to repeal the duties, except for tea. That was probably not a good choice on their part because that really outraged the colonists. We all know what happened. The colonists held a little tea party. Today in 1776, the Virginia State Constitution was adopted. Patrick Henry was made governor. Today in 1967, Jerusalem was reunified as Israel, removed the barricades separating the old city from the Israeli sector. And today in 2009, disgraced financier Bernard Bernard Madoff, Bernie Madoff, remember him? He received a 150-year sentence for his multi-billion dollar fraud. Madoff died in prison last year, April 2021. Well, the show goes on at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. They had this uh, bombshell. Anytime the news uses the word bombshell, I kind of go, uh-huh, of course. That word is just used re- repeatedly for everything, and I guess it draws attention, it gets readers, but it's starting to turn me off a little bit, frankly. But they were saying this, they had this bombshell uh, witness that was going to be testifying under oath. Well, they did have a witness that testified under oath. It was Cassidy Hutchinson. She was a former assistant to Mark Meadows, who is a good guy, and he is—he was the the head of the uh, the crew there in the in the White House. Um, she, Trump said he didn't even know her, didn't even know who she was, but uh, she worked in the in the White House apparently. She was under oath, and and they this was the bombshell yesterday, <laughs> quote unquote. She was telling this to- this tale that the that president on January 6th that President Trump lunged 
former, lunged toward the Secret Service agents, and the guy driving the car, the agent driving the car, tried to wrest the wheel, the steering wheel, away from him and take the car himself and drive himself over to the Capitol. And so Liz Cheney, the former Republican, now now Democrat, apparently not not formally, but certainly in spirit, uh, all of them were, were really hyping this in the news. ABC, NBC, CBS especially were hyping this thing last night. Oh, there's a bombshell coming down. It's unbelievable what this man did. I mean, suggesting that he was totally out of control, really having a kind of a meltdown, a mental meltdown. I mean, we're having that in the Capitol, in the White House now, but I don't think he was doing that. He was probably angry. But anyway, this was the thing. It was blowing up big, and it was on the news last night. And I mentioned this to you because you may have heard it, but what they are not reporting, or if so, it's very incidental, and it's kind of hidden in the shadows of other news stories, and this news story, is that she told this story, and then Bobby Engel came out. He was the lead agent on Trump's detail of the Secret Service, and he, he was the presidential driver. He was the guy behind the wheel. And he says, none of this happened. And he said, I want to I want to give my testimony under oath that he said Trump didn't do any of that. He said, I don't know where this story came from. And several other agents that were there that day with Trump, they said that it just didn't happen. They said they have no idea who made up that story. I think that's pretty you know, pretty reflective of what's going on in this thing. It goes on and on and on. I guess the, the actually, this Bobby Engel in particular, he made such a big deal out of it. He said, you guys are trying to get to the truth. But he said, you're not hearing the truth. And he said, I don't know anything about any of the rest of this stuff, but I know that I was behind the wheel. I was the driver. And he said, Trump didn't do that. It just didn't happen. So he said he wanted to correct the misinformation coming out of this hearing. And that's pretty much the story of this hearing. It is sensationalized. It is Hollywood produced. It is all about destroying Donald Trump, whom they hate. They hated him when he was president. They hate him as a private citizen. I have never seen the kind of hate directed at Donald Trump directed at anyone in politics. I'm sure it's happened before, but I haven't seen it in my life. I've read about it in the past, but boy, it's amazing how much hate these people can have for an individual. I mean, it's just stunning. But anyway, that story was out there. It was given with a straight face, with a almost a reflective voice. The one I saw, one of the networks, I think it was CBS, uh, they were talking about it, and, they, and and then later they said uh, this story is questioned, or you know something very passive, that it it's it's questioned by Secret Service people that didn't see that happen, and I mean it's it's just amazing how the news is all in with the Democrat Party, with the progressives, it's absolutely stunning. Ronna McDaniel is the head of the RNC, and uh, she did an exclusive interview yesterday with uh, Breitbart. They, they have an online 
talk. I, I've never listened to it, but I'm aware of it. They have this online. It's a kind of like a radio program. I, I guess it's actually TV. It's video. And so they did. They do interviews and stuff with people. And as I said, I, don't, I stick more to print media because I can go through it fast and skip the parts I don't like more quickly because I consume a lot of news every day for this program. So anyway, I didn't watch this, but I read the comments that were made. I read the text of what was said. And she was being interviewed by one of the guys at Breitbart. I'm not sure who it was, but he's, I or don't remember. But um, McDaniel said, I think this election can create a realignment where we are a party that represents the diversity of this nation. That caught my attention. Do we want to reflect all of the diversity of this nation? The RNC has invested in 30 community centers, Breitbart said, black, Asian, Hispanic communities for the past year. The motivation is this. We think there is a time for a shift. I think that's a good thing, generally. In fact, if we look at every interview that she does, it's from an RNC uh, RNC Hispanic community center. And there's a movement among uh, Hispanics and Mexicans, and I know a lot of them, and I've talked to some of them about it. And it's true. They're rethinking their any allegiance they have to the Democrat Party. In fact, if you look at every interview that that McDaniel's does, she she's been really working on this on the Hispanic, Asian, the various uh, voter groups like the blacks, and she has made progress. McDaniel says that the Asian, the black, the Hispanic voters are just responding to common sense, not necessarily political parties. I get that because I've said this. I said it from the pulpit as a pastor. I've said it on this program. I am first and foremost, personally, a Christian. Secondly, I'm an American. Thirdly, I'm a Republican. I'll always be a Republican as long as the Republican Party reflects my deeply held biblical values and beliefs. If they were to no longer reflect those, then I wouldn't be a Republican. I don't know what I would do, but I realize you come down to an election and it's sometimes you're hard-pressed to know who to vote for. I mean, it's tough. That's why we need to be informed, very informed, because we live in a very, not only a very uh, uh, ignited kind of an atmosphere in our culture today, but a very, very deceptive time in our culture today. You never know you never know if the things you're hearing are really true or not. And unfortunately often they are not, or they're nuanced using a thread of truth to promote and to advance deception. So we live in deception today and I think she's aware of that, and I think she's playing to that with the Asian, the black, and the Hispanic voters in particular, and she's done a good job. She said such voters are opposed to Democrat policies, facilitating drug smuggling across the U.S.-Mexican border, the government-driven increases in energy costs brought on in pursuit of environmental objectives and transgender ideology targeting children and so on. I agree. She said, of course, parents should have a say in their children's education. She said, of course, of course we should secure 
have a secure border. Of course we shouldn't allow drugs to come across our border. Of course we shouldn't be, uh, be taught gender pronouns in kindergarten. Of course transgender students, biological males, shouldn't be competing with our daughters in high school sports. This is actually not Republican or Democrat, Ronna McDaniel said. It's just common sense versus crazy. I agree with that. Associated Press is reporting that a political shift is taking hold in, across the U.S., which reflects what she was talking about with Breitbart yesterday. Tens of thousands of suburban swing voters who helped fuel the Democratic Party's gains in recent years are becoming Republicans. They've counted using the Census Bureau's data. They've counted a million, conservatively, a million voters have changed. They voted for Biden, won't do it again, and they're registering on the the Republican Party. More than a million voters across 43 states have switched to the Republican Party over the last 12 months. That's good news for the Republican Party if they don't blow it. What could this mean to the biblical Christian community and the culture? I think we just need to be vigilant and be informed and be discerning. That's why I'm talking about this today. There is a great political shift taking place in America. I wish it were being led by a Christian revival, biblical revival. It isn't. But there is that working, and I'll be talking about that in the coming days as well. But we live in a time of seismic change in the culture in America. And as Christians, we better be standing up, and I mean all of us united, and doing what we can do to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ as often and as much as we possibly can. It's time to put our efforts, our prayers, and our money. If we believe what what we say we believe, this is the time to step up. This is not unlike the time in early America that led to the Revolutionary War. I'm not suggesting violence. But this is like the time that led to the Revolutionary War. And what was driving that was not a political debate. Necessarily, there was disagreement with the king. Obviously, the Declaration of Independence is that enumerated grievances. But it was a time that was led primarily, as you look back at history, by the church. People had become complacent. They had become sort of happy in their circumstances, except for the king. But some even didn't want to disturb that relationship. They said, we can live with the king. It's all right. Not everybody was in favor of the Revolutionary War, but the Revolutionary War was brought to the forefront and actually it was brought to reality, many say, and many wrote during that time. Because of the spiritual renewal that took place, there were preachers preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and Whitfield and all these guys. I mean, you know their names, and we'll go through that one of these days. But they were preaching the gospel, and people were turning back to the God they had kind of grown cold toward or maybe forsaken. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian values upon which their forefathers, by this time, a number of years had gone by since that first boat landed 
the people came ashore and created colonies here. Sometimes we kind of compress that and we think that that happened and, and then all of a sudden there was the Revolutionary War. Oh, no. Years and years and years and years had gone by. People had started families, had their businesses, built communities, and s- small cities were growing up. I mean, America was was well underway when the Revolutionary War took place. It was a while from 1620 to 1776. You can do the math. But they had become complacent in what drove them to make the decisions they made, I believe, providentially, was the revival, the spiritual renewal. In this case, it seems to be a not necessarily a spiritual renewal that's driving this, but it is a political movement. And pastors, please catch up with this and be, let's lead, not follow. That's what God would have. I'm, I'm totally convinced that that would be God's will for every pastor, everybody who has a voice, every Christian who has a sphere of influence. Maybe it's a few people, maybe it's many. But it's time to stand up and it's time to say something. And the something is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the values. All of these things that she's enumerating and talking about the Hispanics and the blacks and the Asians, they want as, as common sense. It is common sense, but it's also biblical values. But it's not being, it's not being put in that context in the culture. And that if we do if if it's merely political it has an extreme possibility of going awry and i want just want to turn on the light to that possibility today we need to be i all of this what she's doing is great i don't agree with her a lot i certainly don't think much of her uncle mitt romney but um she's doing a good job and i know some of you who listen to this program know her because you've told me you do I don't know her. I've never met her. But we just need to be very vigilant and very aware because first, as I said, I think most of us would agree we need to be a Christian and not moved from our faith. Secondly, an American. And thirdly, a Republican or whatever. Independent, whatever you are. While most left-leaning news organizations, print and broadcast, are running this story, the Associated Press did the research, and they originated. I'll give them credit. We always try to give credit where credit is due in what we talk about. We cover a lot of territory each day on this program, as you know. So you'll see it was in the Seattle Times. It was in uh, PBS, put it out there, and just a whole bunch of different Uh, And it's all the same story. And the story was written by Associated Press. And they did a pretty good job researching to their credit. I don't like them, but they did a pretty good job. They also found that the Republican advantage was larger in suburban fringe counties based on classifications from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Interesting (laughs) what information the CDC has been gathering while we were coughing and breathing and trying to live through this pandemic. But anyway, compared to smaller towns and counties, they're finding that some interesting things are happening. Republicans boosted their share of party changers in 168 of 239 suburban counties in America, 72% over the last year compared with the last years of Donald Trump's era. 
These included suburban counties across Georgia, Iowa, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Virginia, and Washington State. I think the press is running this story as a wake-up call to their allies in the Democrat Party more than they are to inform the nation, honestly. Hollywood, as you know, went all in for Joe Biden in 2020, and now they're paying the price, literally. Cost of a movie and TV production soars to levels that are giving entertainment executives sticker shock. Hollywood Reporter is one of two largest and most read journals out of Hollywood. A lot of the public don't read them, although they do, but uh, most everybody in the industry, in the entertainment industry, reads the Hollywood Reporter because they're pretty accurate and they're focused on the industry. They did a big deal, um, a story on it just this week. And they were talking about how inflation has impacted virtually every aspect of physical production, including fuel, electric equipment, even small items like gaffer tape, um, which they use a lot of. Associated Press asked the Democratic National Committee about this surge toward the Republican Party. They said they wouldn't discuss it with Associated Press, and they're, that's one of their own. Is it good that so many people are changing their minds and changing political parties? Of course. I think Ben Smith, who lives in suburban Larimer County in Colorado, it's north of Denver, he said he reluctantly registered as a Republican earlier this year after becoming increasingly concerned about the Democrats' support in some localities for mandatory COVID-19 vaccines. He said the party's inability to quell violent crime was bothering him, and he said it's frequent focus on racial injustice. He said it's more so a rejection of the left than embracing the right. Smith is a 37-year-old professional counselor whose transition away from the Democratic Party began, he said, actually five or six years ago when he registered as a libertarian. This Emily Seidel, she talked to Associated Press as well, and she leads the Koch brothers' Uh, backed organization, that grassroots organization, American for Prosperity. They have been very uh, negative toward Trump, but they are pretty embracing of conservative values and business values and so on. But anyway, this Emily is their lady that runs this Americans for Prosperity, and they generally uh, pay the bills there and, and make it what it is. But she said, she told Associated Press, she said her network is seeing firsthand that suburban voters are distancing themselves from Democrats who represent extreme policy positions. But she said, that doesn't mean that they're ready to vote against those lawmakers either. Frankly, this Emily said, they're skeptical of both options that they have. She said the lesson here, candidates have to make their case that they can give voters something to be for not just something to be against. That's one of the things that is leveled at Christians often. I'm not saying she is. I don't know Emily, but I know what she said. And often the left or people who are not necessarily strongly committed to biblical values, particularly in the culture, what she said is what they often say about Christians. Yeah, you guys know what you're against. You're against sin and all this stuff, but what are you for? Well, we're for Jesus Christ. Well, we don't want to talk about that. I mean, that's usually the way that conversation goes. The lesson here, she said, candidates have to make their case. And so, in other words, candidates 
it does not that they're necessarily there's any cohesiveness there because they're a certain political party. It's now all changing, and so you'll have sort of a mix of of gay rights and all of this stuff in either or both of the political parties. I mean, that's what I'm getting from that and other comments. In Larimer County, Colorado, this 39-year-old homemaker, Jessica Krolls, she said she can no longer vote for Democrats despite being a reliable Democrat voter up until 2016. She said there's not a single aha moment in her life that convinced her to switch, but by 2020, she said the Democratic Party had left me behind. She said the party itself is no longer Democrat, it's progressive socialism. Specifically, she condemns Biden's plan to eliminate billions of dollars in student debt. And so this goes on. She told Biden and the Democrats, Rona McDaniel, are woefully out of touch with the American people. And that's why voters are flocking to the Republican Party in droves. In fact, she's predicting that American suburbs will trend red for cycles to come because of Biden's gas hike and open borders and so on. Politically, for the most part, that's a good thing. But she said she's increasing the big tent. I want to leave you with this today. Beware of the big tent. Last year, Fox News reported the Republican National Committee at announced its first-ever RNC Pride Coalition over the weekend, partnering with log, this was last year, partnering with log cabin Republicans to invest and mobilize LGBTQ communities ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. The announcements came during the log cabin Republican Spirit of Lincoln Gala. This, of course, was highly promoted and endorsed by Ronna McDaniel. She tweeted... And I'm quoting, I'm looking right at her tweet. At GOP, Ronna McDaniel is proud to have doubled our LGBTQ support over the last four years. And we will continue to grow our big tent by supporting measures that promote fairness and balance protections for LGBTQ Americans and those with deeply held religious beliefs. As you can imagine, there was a pretty strong pushback. I was one of them. I said my piece to the Republican Party, whatever that may or may not have meant to them, but particularly biblical conservatives in the Republican Party. They were pretty amazed that she would say and do that. I was too. Yet the gala happened only a few months after promises that they would not be recruiting and giving away a part of the leadership and influence of the Republican Party. We don't want this to happen. I pray that we do not go that direction, but I don't see how she can strike or anyone else in leadership in the Republican Party can strike a balance, a suitable balance, between the demands of the LGBTQ community and the beliefs of the Evangelical Association the evangelical community who truly believe in biblical principles. I don't see how that can be reconciled into a one-party movement. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. I pray it doesn't. I can assure you that if this should happen, this big tent, and if should the Republican Party should lean that way in a visible and demonstrable way many will walk out of the big tent 
well, they're introducing the new million members coming into the Republican Party, I can assure you there will be tens of millions of evangelicals that will walk away from the big tent. I would be one of them. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.